for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Yes, I can. Awesome. Thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Sorry about the little mix up. I was trying to make sure everybody knew central time, but you know, it is, it's not always yeah. I, easy. I struggle with time zones. So, oh, it's all good. It's all good. I'm glad you were able to make it. Um, we are live on YouTube. We're kind of always continuously live on YouTube for this. Um, so we have, how do you pronounce your last name? Is it Poles? It's you... uh, Pull, Pull S, right? Pull S? Okay. Yeah, Pull S, yeah. I, I mispronounced it a few minutes ago. I'm sorry That's about that. That's totally fine. But I uh, appreciate you uh, jumping on here. And um, thank you for joining our fundraiser and uh, awareness campaign to um, raise funds and awareness for pancreatic cancer for the PANCAN Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Uh, as most of the people know, my mother passed away in July and she was the motivator to do this. She enjoyed watching the podcast or watching, listening to the podcast. And I know on the dark days while she was sick, she enjoyed listening from the list, the living room, which she could only hear one side of the conversation, which was a very interesting thing. Cause then after the podcast, I had to go fill her in as to what yeah. was being asked or what was being said. So it was, it, it was it was interesting, but I, you know, that was kind of why we decided to do a very long and a lot of podcasts. So yeah, that's amazing. Um, as we kind of jump in here, uh, let, let's have you introduce yourself to everyone and kind of what your background story is in music and how you got introduced and all that fun stuff. Yeah, so my name is Megan Polis. Um, I am an, I call myself an emo positive singer-songwriter, which essentially means that my music is a healing mechanism for me as well as for my listener, and it brings them sort of starting with the darkness into the light, and it leaves them with a feeling of being seen and heard and accepted with whatever they have been going through. And um, I've been writing songs since I was 17. It is my way to process my emotions. And it is a very incredible thing and, and a very healing thing for this world. And I am just super grateful that I get to do this and I get to share with people and I get to hear how other people have been impacted by music that came out of my soul. And yeah, it's just been, it's been incredible. I've, I'm out of uh, Brooklyn, New York City. I've been in New York City for nine years. Nice. And uh, yeah. And where are you from uh, originally? I'm originally from Orlando, Florida, actually. Okay. So that was a big move. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I had wanted to, uh, to live in New York City since I was a, a literal child, probably since I was five and I saw Annie. Had you um, visited when you were younger, New York? Yeah, actually, my parents would take us, um, they would take us to on a family trip and we would go 
and we would go see a Broadway show and we go to Times Square and yeah I would say since I was about 10 we we had been going there like every summer gotcha gotcha and uh, it was always Brooklyn or was it just New York in general it was always like Manhattan it was always like in the city okay. yeah gotcha I didn't really know what Brooklyn was. <laughs> oh, okay. And yeah. you, how did you end up choosing Brooklyn uh, when you ended up going there or moving there? So it ended up my my college friend who I moved in with when when I first moved here, she ended up finding a place in Crown Heights. And I think I'd heard that Brooklyn was, was cool. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, let's do it. You know, it was by a train and, and in a cool neighborhood. So yeah, Brooklyn's really cool. For sure, for sure. And so um, as far as your musical uh, journey goes, who uh, originally introduced you to music or what was your introduction into music? Um, I'm going to say my father. My father plays guitar and sings and plays piano. And him and his siblings have been uh, playing music together since I was a baby. It's been a thing where they all get together, they bring out their instruments, and then they play uh, mostly 1970s music, which is the music that kind of raised me. And um, just being around that energy as a kid even, and just kind of soaking it all in, I, I really think my dad kind of transferred that over to me subconsciously. Um, and it was just incredible to grow up in a in a household that music was such a part of it. Mm -hmm. I think it really has made me the artist that I am and influenced me in a in a big way to, you know, to use music to sort of just to jam out to and to have and it's just a great it's an amazing thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And where did you start playing music professionally before you moved to Brooklyn or was it something that you started doing after the move? Yeah, so actually I went to a college in uh, Tallahassee, Florida at Florida Tallahassee. State University. I moved from Tallahassee two years ago. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yep. You know about Tallahassee, crazy. Yep, I call it the <laughs> armpit of America. Oh my gosh, literally. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, so I got my uh, opera degree mm. when I was uh, 22, 23. Mm. And um, I always knew I wanted to move to New York. So I moved to New York and I did the whole opera thing. I tried to do the whole opera thing, tried to do the auditioning, tried to, tried to do theater. And it wasn't really working out for me. And it was causing me a lot of like distress and like getting up early. And like, if you don't know someone and you could be talented, but you're not going to get that opportunity. And so I just found myself alone in my bedroom, like writing songs, like all the time about all of the different, like, feelings I was going through and I was also dating and having situationships and so I had to write about that and I kind of just was doing that and then I actually ended up living above a Def Jam record producer which was crazy I was yeah. like what are the odds of that and I saw him in the hallway and he was like hey uh do you play are you singing and I'm like oh my god am I loud I'm so sorry and he's just like no like are those your songs like you're you're really good like keep it up and I didn't find out that he was like 
working for Def Jam until after they moved out. And I was like, what the? F- okay. Yeah. Like that, that happened, you know? So I think like getting like little signs from the universe and little feedbacks from other people when I did decide to share my music that this helped me, this made me think of this. Wow, you really captured this in like such a perfect way. Mm-hmm. And I think like being being vulnerable and allowing yourself to kind of connect with your listener is just super important to be able to just share that and you know yeah so it's just been it's been a journey and I'm just I'm very grateful for it because I don't think I would have found the confidence in myself had I not decided to do this yeah for sure yeah um yeah and I'm, you know, not or to change gears a little bit to kind of uh, focus more over to the main reason why we're here, which is to raise uh, awareness and uh, uh, fun- awareness and funding for pancreatic cancer research. Have you had anybody or anybody in your life uh, been affected by pancreatic cancer or cancer in general? Uh, yeah. So my. My grandfather was diagnosed with liver cancer when I was 12, and he was gone from us within two weeks. Oh, wow. So that was my first kind of cancer experience. Um, You know, I've had family, friends, and and such, and be influenced by it, and, and it really is just a tragic thing when the body is not able to fight it. And so my heart goes out to everyone and and to you especially and this is a such an amazing thing that you're doing for your mom and i'm sure she's up there just you know smiling and really proud of you yeah like like i've told so many musicians if it wasn't for her i probably if it wasn't for her i probably would have uh not put this whole thing together because it was you know i not, not to put musicians down but you're like hurting cats (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's very accurate. It's just like, no, 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 here, here. You got to like, yeah, you got to like wrangle us and like, this is when you're coming and this is your time. And yeah. Yep. So, it, you know, it's just one of those things. But luckily, it's been pretty consistent all day. So I, I, I'm really happy with how things are going so far. Um, and I'm sorry for your loss of your grandfather. How long ago was that? Um, I was about 12, mm-hmm. so it was, it was a while ago mm-hmm. and it was my, it was my first death. And I think I didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. I think grief is so weird because when it happens to us at a young age, mm-hmm. you don't really, you know, we don't really process it until like years later until mm-hmm. we're ready to, I think. Yeah. And yeah. He was, he was an amazing person. He was always just smiling and just such a lover mm-hmm. and just really, you know, I felt really privileged that he was my grandfather. He also like fought in the war and, you know, he was just, he was an incredible person. And, you know, I think one of the regrets that I had, and I this was like something out of my control, like I wanted to say goodbye to him, but he didn't want his grandchildren seeing him, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end. And, you know, that was always something that I was like, oh, man, I wish I could have, you know, said goodbye. But 
mm-hmm. you know, I feel like when people pass, like we're they're still here, right? Yeah. We can still talk to them. We can still see them in our dreams and be comforted by the fact that they are, you know, in the you better associate place. them with certain things. And yeah, yeah. I know, I 100% agree. That's, you know, that, that, that was one of those things that I was really grateful to have the opportunity was even though it sucked watching her go from like in the matter of yeah 12 i think it was over 12 weeks she was wow. perfectly fine to mm-hmm. not being here and just watching that rapid decline it was like yeah. that was really hard to watch but it gave me the opportunity to kind of come to terms with what was going on and that yeah. the last couple of weeks yeah we were all a little testy and a little like you know, emotional about the whole thing, but I think as a collective, me being a collective, being myself, my sister, and my father, okay. you know, we were in a lot better place than we would have been had it been two weeks, right? You know, and right. It, you know if it happened that quickly. Um, but that being said, you know, I've also adopted. I've been very strong in a lot of regards of. I've relinquished the fact that I can't control what I can't control and there's no reason worry or concerning myself with stuff that I can't control. And so, you know, as harsh as that sounds, I I think I kind of stuck to that while my mother was getting sick. Like, yeah, we can help her and make her comfortable, but we all know where this road is going. So, you know, sucks she's not here, but yeah. there, there wasn't much that could be done at that point because she had been complaining of a back pain for years and just bringing that up again for anybody that's just tuning in if you something's not feeling right or you're just not feeling like you used to or something make sure you're going to get yourself checked out because it's important cancer in general yeah unless you know i'm sure there's a few outlying uh, scenarios because i'm not familiar with all the cancers like the various different forms of cancer, but uh, like for pancreatic cancer in general, there's no real symptoms until it's too late, you know? Right, and I think we know our bodies well enough, and I think we know when something is off, and if you, you know, if you suspect that this is not feeling good anymore, mm-hmm. definitely go get yourself to to a doctor. Out, because um, yeah. like the mortality rate, or the, the survival rate, past five years for pancreatic cancer right now is 10%. So if you get diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, about 10% of them live past five years. And that, which is up from 4% in 1999, but you know, it's one of those things where it's still very, very, very low. And hopefully we can get ourselves to a better position where there's better survivability and stuff like that. Yeah. But. I appreciate you sharing your story about your grandpa and and liver cancer. It's it's different, but it's in that same area where it could have easily metastasized to the pancreas. And for sure. Yeah, it's you know, because that was one of the things that my mom ended up dealing with was it metastasized to her liver as well. Yeah, it was it was bad all the way around. So, yeah, um, appreciate you sharing your story on that front. Um, so let, let's kind of shift gears back again to your music and uh, wh- where are you kind of at creatively right now? What are you working on? 
Um, right now, I am I'm recording my uh, debut album, and it's it's basically an album about healing through emotional abuse and trauma, mm-hmm. and that journey of starting off in a really dark place and and thinking that you can't get through something and you know this is the end and sort of how do you get to the the light and the inspiration and the encouragement and sort of how we lean on other people and we can be inspired and encouraged by other people to heal ourselves which I think is a really important uh, topic and conversation for those of us uh, me included who have been through severe emotional abuse like you know from multiple people and it's sort of my telling of what happened to me but also there's this whole storyline behind it of a princess who sort of grows up with abuse from her parents and then she gets married off to a man she doesn't know who is also abusing her and you know the whole time the parents knew or the mother knows and she's not doing anything about it and then she goes off and like loses her mother and then you know she's she's battling her trauma her anxiety and her grief and so it's like how do you care like you're picking up all of these things like grief trauma anxiety depression like how do you go on when you're carrying so much and you know she ultimately goes on this quest to find out how to get through it and she goes to see this flower spirit who just tells her like this is the strength that you need and this is sort of the message that you need and you know and then that takes her to to the to the light and mm-hmm. i think it's just a very important album because i want people to feel encouraged that just because you have so much abuse just because you have so much trauma and so much pain and hurt from that that doesn't mean you're not capable of going on that journey and healing it yeah. no matter how far the far away it is from you yeah absolutely absolutely um how long have you been working on this debut album so i started i recorded the first track in september Uh, i have the first track done and then the second track will be recorded in a couple weeks it's sort of piece by piece um i'm still I did raise some money for it, but I raised only raised enough for the first two songs. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just, you know, it's a journey, just like the album is, the message of the album. It's it's going to be a journey for when it, it gets completed. But also, I believe I don't need to be rushing it because it is so important and it is so just, it's going to be so big. And so I need to just be like, okay, mm-hmm. we have enough for this song. We have enough for this song. Now we do this song and... It's happening, you know? It's not just like, oh, I wish I was recording. It's like, no, I'm recording an album. <laughs> we're making it We're making it happen. We're making it happen. Yeah. Um, and then as far as, like, the creative process, mm-hmm. uh, what's gone into, like, writing of the music? How have you kind of approached that aspect of working on an album? So... Throughout the pandemic, I really, truly was able to kind of sit down and process a lot of the trauma that I had kind of put away. And I was like, I don't want to talk about it. don't want to touch it. It was kind of all coming back to me because I, you know, I wasn't going out. I wasn't talking to my, like, we weren't, so I wasn't socializing. I was kind of just in my bedroom. 
and being surrounded by the energy of living in New York City during the pandemic was just opening up so much for me and, and making me just go on so many tangents musically. And a lot of these songs just came out of moments of release of those times, right? Like just being able to face the pain and the fear and the hurt and the depression. I noticed that the pandemic really allowed me to become more vulnerable with my music and stop being so afraid of sharing the darkness. You know, life is dark, like life is very dark and we should never be afraid to show that, right? Like mm-hmm. I I think I, I used to be afraid to write about depression and saying that I had it and people to think a certain way about me. But I mean, I just released a song like in August called Lonely Town and it's about depression. Mm-hmm. And I think I wouldn't have had the strength to do that had I not been able to kind of sit and be like, okay, this is what you're feeling. This is what you are. You're anxious. You're depressed. You're, you know, it's okay to be this way, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. and and by sharing your darkness with other people, you're going to encourage them that it's okay. It's not the end of the world if you wake up and you're not completely okay, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. in the music business in general, in an, in a art form that you're required to be so open and like just on a nightly basis, like if you're out there performing nightly, you have to, like, if you write a song about a friend's suicide and Mm -hmm. it puts you in that space, Mm -hmm. you have to constantly go into that moment that you felt where like that it puts you on a nightly basis. And it's really refreshing to have musicians now talk about mental health and depression and all this stuff because before it it was very taboo to talk about that stuff and the only way you dealt with it is that's how we lost a lot of these great musicians because they were drinking they were depressed they were doing drugs overdose you know all that stuff and so now that we have musicians that are openly talking about it it's really refreshing and i'm glad that you have been able to kind of put yourself out there and just you know speak honestly about how you're feeling about things yeah so definitely but i'm really really excited to hear some more music coming out of you or the the new album i guess once it's ready to go so i'm really excited to hear that um but before we kind of wrap up the this interview or this segment of the uh, fundraiser We've been asking everybody a random question off of this nifty little question generator okay. that I have. And your question is, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh, um, what is my guilty pleasure? I, I love getting lost in a Netflix series. Like, I just love watching. I love binge watching shows. Okay. Um, I think that it's just like I can't stop watching it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's not something I would like to admit to people. But I just love, like, being invested and, like, taking a weekend and just, like, watching every episode. Nice. 
So I would say that that's my guilty pleasure. What are you currently binging on Netflix? Um, right now, actually, we're on on Netflix. I'm not really binging anything on Netflix. We started, my boyfriend and I started watching uh, the QAnon documentary oh. okay. <laughs> on HBO. Nice. Um, and it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. I highly recommend it if you want to get weird with it. Nice. I'm, yeah. I'm currently on, I think I got one or two episodes left of the second season of Tiger King. Oh my God! Yes, that came out. I yeah. that's gonna be what I'm binge watching this weekend. Like hands. Yeah, it, it is hands literally off. everything you thought in the first season. Like I, I mean, obviously a lot of people came away with different perspectives. But yeah. They just take a hard right turn in season two and confirm oh, everything you've ever thought about the entire cast of the first series. So. Wow. Yeah, that's gonna be my weekend. That's yeah. I forgot about Tiger King. Yeah. Oh, I. I didn't forget my sister texted me or she posted or her and her husband posted something on Facebook about, hey, Tiger King is out. Guess what we're watching tonight? And I made the comment. I was like, well, I guess I better watch the entire uh, second season or I'll be behind the eight ball at Thanksgiving dinner. And she's like, yep, <laughs> you know exactly what's going on. And I'm like, awesome. Right. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. But um, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast and just sharing your story and you know, hopefully we can raise a few dollars for the pancreatic cancer action network um if you're interested in donating uh, links are in the comment threads below or posted throughout our social medias or any of the musicians that you're interested in listening to and listening to the conversation i'm sure they've posted all over the place as well um but before we kind of wrap this up if people want to check out any of your upcoming music any of that fun stuff just like what you got going on where's the best place for them to do that yeah so i'm on all of the platforms i'm on spotify i'm on amazon i'm on all the title there's so many of them yeah. uh you can google me you can find me pretty easy um you can follow me on instagram uh it's megan polis m-e-g-h-a-n-p-u-l-l-e-s on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Twitter, MeganPolis89. You can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash MegPolis. I also have a Patreon community, so you can go to patreon.com slash MeganPolis. And uh, yeah, thank you, Tom, so much for having me. This was an incredible conversation, and it's so wonderful to shed a light on a loss of your mom, and I think you're doing an amazing thing. Thank you so very much. And hopefully once you get closer to releasing some more music, um, feel free to reach out. Love to get you on and we can do a real deep dive into the psyche that is your music career and everything you got going on. So I awesome. really would appreciate that. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for tuning into this segment. We will be back here in a few minutes with Dustin Brown. He, we got him coming up, a buddy of mine from right here in Waco, Texas. And everybody that's donated so far, thank you so very, very much. We are getting ever closer to our goal of raising $10,000. And if you're interested in donating or considering donating, hopefully some of the stories that we share will help motivate you to donate what you can. Um, donation links are in the comment threads below. If you're on YouTube or if you're uh, perusing through Facebook, I'm sure you've stumbled across one of the 800 posts that we've had. So once again, thank you all so very much. And we'll be back, be back here in a few minutes with uh, Dustin Brown. <laughs>